These conversations contain mature themes and listener discretion is advised. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are this very cold Nairobi morning. I am so glad that you're here and welcome to episode 36 of Living Truthfully. Yes! Ah, okay, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We had taken a little break. I needed to take a little break. I needed to refocus on some things. And I'm back. We are back for the rest of the year. We are just up above 90,000 downloads on the podcast. This is crazy. And we are looking forward to the next two series that will be ending this year for us. Now, the series we are about to get into is an incredible series. Um, I borrowed the title from a book. This book is by, um, it's called Scars, Scars and Stilettos. I need, to, I need to find you the author of the book. Just give me a second, I'll, I'll find it for you. Scars and Stilettos, Scars and Stilettos, Scars and Stilettos. It's time that you let go of them Scars and Stilettos. I know you're afraid of it. So this book is about a lady who actually was abused. And uh, she found herself in the um, uh, pleasure business, you know. It, it, it was, she, she became an exotic dancer. Her name is Harmony Dust. And she became an exotic dancer. But this, her story is a story of, uh, you know, abuse, getting into this trade that, you know, demeaned her, and then coming out of it. So it's a story of hope. It's a story of... Uh, you know, just being able to get out of this of this space and how God got her out of it. So I, I found it very interesting, you know, scars and stilettos. But we're going to use it in a different context. We're going to use it in a context where I want to talk about the scars that come from the people who wear stilettos. The scars that we, as men, get from women. Why, why, why am I talking about this? So... Um, I want to talk about this because first of many stories I hear. But I want to talk about this because for me, it's personal. It's personal because um, I've spoken about how in this, I've spoken in this podcast about how I, you know, stepped out in my marriage. And when I stepped out in my marriage, I, I went for counseling because I didn't think that was me. And I went for counseling and in my, in my first round of counseling, I realized that I had unresolved issues from the relationship with my, my relationship with my mother. So my mother had done some things or said some things that had scarred me. And as a result, I was looking for affirmation from women. So, so I was looking for female affirmation. And that was one of the reasons that I stepped out. Basically, unknowingly for her, um... I was, she scarred me and that scar led to, you know, some undesirable behavior. But that's just one of the stories. Anyway, my story is not even it. What? I have heard stories. And one of the stories I want to share with you 
is from a gentleman that I recently met a couple of months ago. But he should have been in my life much longer because he's a close friend to uh, some of my family. He's well-spoken. He's a confident young man. He's an author of the book Unbreakable and we'll be talking about it. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for one and only Danish Oh, Dongo! Yeah. Where are the dancers, the sisals cut? Why are the drum rolls? And why am I being introduced? Like just an author. An award-winning author for that matter. Oh, man. sorry. He's a award-winning author. The bestseller of Unbreakable. That book is selling like groundnuts on traffic on Wayakiri. Uh, groundnuts on traffic on Wayakiri. The only reason Wayakiri is important <laughs> in this conversation <laughs> is because it's how Lunjes are coming into Nairobi. <laughs> <laughs> and so Lunjes are okay buying You know gra- the guys who sell good groundnuts sell them on traffic actually. No, I understand. And, and but I'm them. just trying to say yeah. that if this was, <laughs> if the statement was saying selling ground nuts on Kamburu, yeah, the, it would not have the same impact. Or the same us. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're saying selling ground nuts on Mombasa Road, you see, cows don't eat as many ground nuts yeah. as lunges. <laughs> so the, the, as as lunges are coming into Nairobi, and, and, and James. yeah, this is where we are yaki with. And my nichoma, an important part of this conversation. Yeah. Danish, welcome to Living Truth. Thank you so much, man. You're doing an amazing work. And let me say this: yes, bro. That I first listened to your podcast when I was admitted at Bustani, a psychiatrist hostel in Nairobi, in Lavington. That was on the 23rd of December. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's when I was, I first I was just starting out, man. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. we were doing a series on Christmas. Yes, yes, that's the first, yeah, the first time I listened to your podcast. When I went to Mombasa, then I finished your podcast with Marcus Olang. Wow! Yeah, when I just left, and my mind, I think, was extremely clear. Yes. Okay, so yeah. let's let's establish some things, Danish, first. Mm. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am thirty-two years old. You're thirty-two years yes. old. Yes. Um, who are you? I mean, outside of these things that we're going to discuss, who who is Danish? What kind of family do you come from? You know, where did you grow up? Oh, yeah. So I come from a very humble family, mm-hmm. born and raised in a small village called Ongeche in Kano Plains. In Kano Plains? In Kano Plains. Oh, you, wow. This, this Chile who is now on Safaricom billboards, the one of Serkali's idea. Yeah. Um, She could be my relative because we are miles. I mean, we are kilometers off from our home, but wow. that's mm-hmm. exactly the environment I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the sixth. I'm the fifth born in a family of six. Of okay. course, we were we were seven. One passed on in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the second last born. Um, in a family of now two boys and four ch- and four ladies. Four ladies. My last born sister is in her second year at Masayan University. Just went back to school last week. Wow. Yes. Uh, tell me about your parents. My parents. My dad. Um, was a cop, um, retired, I mean, was was lost his job, went into private security business. Mm. He did it for many, many years. Um, and then he retired in the year 2005, went mm. back to the village. But my mom was with us all that time. My mom was doing many jobs at home and she was a housewife, mm. but took care of us and loved us and, and, mm. and pretty much it, yeah. 
Why did so so why did you do your schooling? So I did my schooling, my primary school, I went to a very funny primary school called Ongeche Primary School. Why is it funny? Because it, it means monkeys in law. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you see it was lost for me. Ongeche Primary Ongeche School. Ongeche Primary School means yeah. monkeys. I finished my class 8 there, then I went to a day school just around our home called Lela Secondary School. Mm. Finished my high school and then I went to Digital University mm. where I went and did my undergraduate in commerce. Mm. I finished and I went back for my MA in Media Studies. Oh nice. Yeah, that's, that's what I did. Yeah. Well, what has your career been like? So my career has been excellent actually. Mm-hmm. I got a job when I was pretty young, I think about 19 years old mm-hmm. in Steam Masako. Mm-hmm. And I got in as a marketing executive, but I rose and went to become a marketing officer in charge of Western Kenya. Okay. Um, when I was about 24, 25, they about, and right. good money. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like um, my heart was cut out for marketing. I felt like it was too cutthroat and too cold. So mm-hmm. I, I ventured into storytelling and that's how I ended up at Capital FM. Okay where I joined in August 2013 mm. and I stayed there till last year, mm. 20, 2018 March. Mm. I went through three departments. I was in sales, then I went to digital media, which I did digital strategy. Mm. So we used to meet in some agencies, yes, yes, business. Yes, yes, yes. And then I eventually went into the newsroom as mm. a reporter and mm. I finished as a reporter. Did a lot of articles and a lot of um, storytelling for, for that, yeah. Wow. Mm, that's who I am, yeah. So what are you doing now? So now I am I am just chasing three things. I'm chasing mm. happiness, I'm chasing freedom, and I'm chasing experiences. Those are the three things that now define what I do. And so how do I do that? I do that by talking to organizations and individuals about mental wellness, about emotional wellness. I write, an art, I write articles for The Elephant and for a few publications, and I... I travel around the country selling my books and organizing events around my book for people to talk about mental wellness. Mm. Yes. That's Danny Shadongo. Mm. And uh, that's that's very, I mean, dude, the way you express yourself, uh, I find that very interesting. I find the way you think interesting and we'll get into that and we'll talk about your book. Mm. Now, I invited you here because I made a promise to you. Yes. I made a promise that when I start this series, Cars and Stilettos, which I've been postponing to do for uh, <laughs> for a couple of months now, yeah. um, that you would be the first guest that we have in studio. Do you remember Thank that? You. I remember that. And I keep my promises. Thank I, you so much. I, I keep Thank my you. promises. It's important, man. It's important. Um, it's Cars and Stilettos. Yeah. It's how women hurt men. Yes. Now, I, I need to say, I'm not saying this, because I'm not going to do this series on a women bashing um, spree. Yeah. But I want to create some level of awareness. I want to create awareness first for the men who, for me, are my primary audience in this podcast. Mm. Because I want us to see that sometimes we do things, we are, our behavior has been conditioned as a result of some pain. And this pain may have been inflicted by a woman. It could be your mother. It could be your sister. It could be, you know, a teacher. It could be anyone. I actually know someone who was going through a life-changing moment when he realized that he realized that his older sister had emasculated him. Mm. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so that that that's one of the things I want to do: create awareness for the men. Yeah. 
But the second thing I want to do is create awareness for the women and say, what's the impact of the things you're telling your son? What's the impact of the things you're telling your brother? What's the impact of the things you're doing to your husband? Do you know that you have the power to change his life and when it's pain negatively mm. for good? Yep. You know? Yeah. And then hopefully we come to a place where, you know, and I'm, I'm hoping to bring my, my, my friend, the OG, Dr. Oscar, to come and just share some insights yeah. on how these relationships work. But you have quite a story. Yeah. We all do. We all do. We all, we all, do. We all do. We all do, yeah. But you have a story. Yes, I have a story. Somebody hurt you. We hurt each other. You hurt each other. Yes. Okay, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's fair. That's we hurt good, each other. It's a good place to start. Yes, yes. I feel like just saying, tell me what happened. Um. So for 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 three years, I was, I was in a relationship. Okay. Uh, which by all standards was serious committed and you know we'd even gone to meet my parents and gone to the village and you know pretty much we were set to to make the next big step you know hold on yeah let's take a few steps back yes why did you decide this was the one um that's actually the problem because those three years were the three years i i fought with my own thoughts of why it wasn't supposed to be um i i had massive doubts because of the conflicts we had we were we were perfect we were a perfect couple we know we were we, had, we were brilliant in terms of intellectual mind so we crafted winning proposals we did um you know a lot of community work we mm. traveled we did amazing stuff how did you meet we met through my article online i wrote an article which went viral on my blog danish.co.ke mm. and and so mostly women shared that article and, and one lady shared that article um on on her platform and that lady saw it and she inboxed me and told me oh you know i like your article what, what was the article like now, I'm, now i'm curious and the I want article was find it. looking back um the article wasn't fantastic and you know this, this <laughs> I, i'm being very honest with you looking yeah. back it wasn't mm-hmm. a fantastic article mm-hmm. but it was about wife material and all those stuff that we say in church mm. um christianese language mm. and so i just wrote an article um we were having a discussion with my brothers and we were asking what is it that you consider important to you mm. um, you know in a chile before you marry mm. and so i just took those thoughts and put them in an article and okay. we were talking about you know peace and stuff like that and it went viral mm. and so she inboxed me on my facebook page you mm. know we flipped i flipped the uh, through her profile i found mm. it interesting You know, her photos, she was pretty, and you know, we started chatting. It was chatting. the photos that were interesting. Listen Actually, her more. profile was quite pretty. I mean, it was quite... So I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm sapiosexual, so which means I get attracted to the mind. And I've, All I, chicks in Nairobi are sapiosexual, and then you. Me, I'm not. <laughs> Me, I check out the hips first. No, Hips, no, and then the brain. It's the mind. It's the mind. No, so, I mean, eventually I get to the mind. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, but that's not what gets me there first actually come to think of it what mm-hmm. gets me first even though it's the mind but it's a personality i realized that i just recently realized that when i was doing my therapy that my mother had an influence a huge influence on, on the taste of women i i, I like mm, she's so. an independent woman mm-hmm. you know very independent and very driven and, mm. and, and very assertive mm. and i was just looking back at the chiles i've dated actually and 
they are like my mom. But I'm like, how do you yeah. tell personality from a Facebook picture? So I I have a sense of intuition, mm. which is a gift I have. Mm-hmm. So I can check your profile and I look at the posts you make. I look at your profile. I look at your descriptions, where you've traveled, what you've gone to, and your description, how you describe yourself. And I can deduce when now, when I meet you now, when is now I can finally put my thumb and say, I think, yeah, like, and I've never, I've never been wrong. I'm rarely wrong on that. I think you are very different from me. Yeah. Now I feel a bit shallow. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. I have me. I have accepted myself. <laughs> yeah. Podcast number one is about healing through acceptance. <laughs> I accepted myself. Are, yeah. um, I find out about personality and the mind and how God-fearing she is and all those other things after passing <laughs> through a certain visual test. You know, <laughs> you know just, I, I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> then now I, 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 I follow through. So anyway, so, so you, you, you go into her Facebook profile, yeah, you check her yeah, out yeah. and you and think. We, and we really, we really click. Mm-hmm. We talk deeply by the, the, in the next two weeks, mm. we talked a lot. Are you, are you talking on stuff. phone? On phone, a, just on yeah, phone. We've not yeah. met. Mm. Um, I know, really, we were we were bonding on all sorts of levels, you know, intellectually, in our faith, our backgrounds, our passion, our community interest, mm. like everything was right, like tick, yes, 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 you know, and and so we start to date, and we date. It was, I think, um, one of the best relationships I've had in terms of uh, of it opening up my mind and and my eyes and and showing me who are, who I am. Yeah, so that's how we, we, we started dating. Yeah, that's how we started dating. You tell me that um, you had three years mm. and you had three years of getting to know each other. You had seen your, you, you had started now. You, you had made a decision. This is the one. Yes. Had she, had she made that same decision? So um, when I sat down um, a number of times to review if it was going to work or not, mm. Um, in my mind, the answer was yes, but then there was a small no, and that no was louder. Um, that no was louder, and the no was louder because of this reason. While we were compatible 90%, but we were not just able to resolve conflicts. We, a small conflict would start, then it, it drew itself, and then we were not just able to resolve it. So I give an example that we, in my book I write that we were would meet, would start a conflict as an anthill, and that anthill eventually morph into a mountain, and then we'd be forced to climb it to the top. And by the time we're on the top, and we realize that, okay, but why did you have to do that in the first place, you know? Um, so I don't know, but looking back... Do you have an example of a conflict like that that you can remember? Because, you know, when, when you say you cannot resolve a conflict, yeah. I'm thinking then one of you or both of you are the problem. But yes, both of us are the problem. Mm. Both of us are the problem. Uh, both of us are the problem. For example, you know... Um, you find that um, we have had an argument over the weekend when we were meeting. Um, and that time I was extremely unstable too, I've got to admit. And so I- Unstable financially? Emotionally, emotionally. Okay. I, was, I was going through a really, really tough season. So I, I chuck and I ran to Embu where my friend stayed. Um, my friend stayed. And I, I, I want to go to Embu just to calm myself down. And, mm. and you know, she follows me to Embu. And, and it's here that we are back and forth, you know. So, if if either of us were wise, we would have known that there's no need to go to Embu in the first place. Let's mm. sit here and resolve it. Mm. But if he's gone to Embu, then maybe he needs time alone in his man cave. So I need to follow. I don't need to follow him. 
So you see how unwise we were, you know. Because when the element of going to Embo in itself was escapist, it was escapist in, in But did you tell her why you were going to Embo? I didn't. I didn't tell okay. her. I was going okay. to her. Yeah. So it was escapist. So okay. from our end we and we were both not able to resolve conflict. Mm. And and it's stemming from our both backgrounds. We mm. had really um I think we're coming from interesting background. I don't want to talk about hers, but let me mm. talk about mine, you know. Um so I come I came from a background where we rarely sat down to talk about how you're feeling and stuff like that, mm. you know. Mm. So it's 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 either my mom told us that it doesn't matter how angry or mad you are, when you step out of this house you're going to apply oil on your face and you're going to smile like you're the best son and you're the best uh, you're the best person ever mm. in the world. Mm. So you're going to mask it all. Mm. So I never I never was able to talk about some of the things I felt. Mm. And so when I started dating, I realized that I didn't know and and I just discovered that during therapy when I was doing my therapy mm. that I wasn't able to resolve conflict. So that was the underlying problem because every single couple goes through difficult seasons. Mm. We've got valleys mm. and we've got mountains. Mm. But if you're able to navigate those conflicts in a mature progressive way, mm. then everything works but we are not able to do that. Oh, okay. So you you have this three years and uh, nevertheless you're like this is it. No 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 it wasn't eight. So I I I hush she knew it was eight and and and, and she knew it was eight. Many times she asked why are you not coming home? Why are you not doing all this sort of stuff, you know. Mm. I told her I want to come home, but I want us to resolve this conflict first. I want us to be in a place where we can say we are stable mm. and we've had peace for three months. Mm. So that when we eventually decide to to make to make life between the two of us mm. we're not just doing it because we want when to say come home does it mean you were staying together no 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 come go to their place okay. i'd not gone to their yeah, place okay. i just met his family but i know her family yeah. yeah her family yeah. we're not going officially mm. but she'd come to my place and and she'd met my family and i told them that she's the one you know so um we go through issues and seasons and seasons and then something happened in the month of may when i'm turning 30 i'm turning 30 and i decided that enough is enough and i don't want this anymore what and happened so, um so i would not want to go personal but mm. we went traveled to, to our village and stuff happened at home and uh, when stuff happened at home i came back and uh, and i remember on the on the 23rd of may i meet my friend called mushiri in town and mm. And I tell him, dude, I I can't do it anymore. And and so I start to cry. The first time I break down before a man, and mm. he passes serviettes to me, and he tells me that, hey, um, Danny, you know what? By the way, you're gonna move out of your house, and you're gonna come and stay with me until you recover. Then you go back. So at that time, I was in a deep financial mess. Mm. Um, oh, was it something a, a result of just choices you had made, or? Um, I'll, 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 I'll tell you an in-depth story someday, but the punchline there is that when you are going through an emotional um, pain, mm. you make silly decisions. Mm. So the silly decisions I'd made was a result of the emotional pain I was going through. Mm. Not just because of, what, of who I was dating, but also because of my workplace. Mm. And also that was the year we were doing politics mm. and I was involved heavily mm. in politics. Mm. Um, I was supporting uh, the Nairobi governor dr evans kidero mm. but the organization i was working for was supporting um the other side mm. um i was supporting the president as a, i was i was writing for him mm. where i come from people expect me to support 
the mm. other side. Mm. So I also had conflict at work because mm. that was the week my article had just been published in the Star mm. where I said why Sonko and got the ticket was not going to work. I was mm. talking about the deputy governor's position mm. as pretty much um, a flower person's mm. role that mm. doesn't have a role. Mm. So anyway, so I I I was in debt. I was emotionally overwhelmed. I was stressed at work. Mm. And so I decided to leave. I was I was living in an expensive house. Then I wasn't able to in one of the leafy suburbs. Decision we had made together. You know, you know, you need to improve yourself and stuff. So I go and we live there. So when I live there, I I cry and 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 my friend tells me and we go and I pack my bags and I go to Ruaka. And on his couch I start to cry every morning as I pray and I cry every morning and I pray. I cry every morning and I pray and I go to work. Nobody knew. And so after a month I decided to move from the place I was living in and I go into a one bedroom house in Troka mm. some dingy house um and I go there and and I stay but then me and how we're not in good terms we're not in good terms we're not in good terms but then I decide to make a decision that I'm not going to turn 31 um with this doubt in my head mm. that whether she's the one or not and mm. so I meet her um and and basically this time we're trying to talk but it's not there's nothing going on and so we try to talk and so the year, the new year comes. I say, I want to resolve it. I want to resolve it. And on the 21st of May, 2008, I go to, to Rivers Mall. I carry 2018. My, 2018, mm-hmm. I carry my, my laptop bag and I go to Rabika Cafe. I like the, the mint juice and I go there and I sit and I take up my pen and paper to write down my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Is it going to work or not? Mm-hmm. And um, for three years, I wanted to leave many times. I wanted to leave, but something told me that how are you going to start afresh? She's a good person because she was. Mm. You can resolve this conflict. There was just that optimistic side of me that mm. said things are going to work out. So we met, but by that time, she, her heart had been made that mm. she wanted out. So she also wanted out. She wanted out at that time, at that from 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 last year January, from 2018 yeah. January. She wanted out, mm. um, you know, because of that being in limbo. And mm. and I was I was the one who did that because I was indecisive. I wasn't mm. able to make a decision, um, because if we're going through all that nonsense, I should have said it. We can't go through it because I'm dragging you through this mess, um, and it's not fair for you. It's not fair for me. Mm. But I was indecisive, mm. and that is what led us to where we are. And so she says, let's take a break. I tell her, it's okay, let's take a break. Something happened, a money, that I, I didn't know it was a setup from God, I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, something tells me that I would try to love this girl again and see if you're going to love her and if you, things are going to work out. Mm-hmm. And me, I try to engage my love gear and the first thing I do is I start praying. Mm-hmm. Prayer always works for me. In the process of praying, the unforgiveness, the issues I had in my heart start to leave. Mm-hmm. And the bond starts to grow strong again on my side. Mm. I fall in love deeply and deeply and deeply. Hush is not telling me anything. You've gotten a second wind now. You're you're now in this relationship to win it. To win it. Now I say I want to win it. Um, But then in July, she says, um, I can't do it. When I took a break, I I basically was saying it's over. And so at that point, I am glad because then there's clarity. Mm. But something in my heart is not settled. I don't know why I'm not settled. And so I don't know. I don't know why I'm not settled. And, and I, I just feel I was blaming myself at that point. Mm. I was saying, Danish, you're a jerk. You lost a good girl. And 
condemnation started now coming a lot of condemnation started coming self yeah, self condemnation i was really condemning myself and then in october um one day i wake up in the morning and something tells me in my heart that you need to go and pray about that relationship that you just left mm. and um i wake up in the morning i was in ruaka i moved to mamlaka chapel mamlaka chapel in ruaka and i call my friend called jobu say jobu let's go and pray and we go and we pray and we hold hands and we tell god settle this matter um if she's going to come back let her come back if she's not coming back mm. settle this matter today and that night we start to chat out of nowhere she reaches out to me mm-hmm. and we start to chat and in this chat i find she says things not sure whether they were intentional i mean whether she was intentional or it was just you know malice or it was you know mm. genuine but whatever she says um kind of you know punches the last hole that i needed to set me free I remember I was lying on my couch that mm. that I had already bought my couch mm. so I was, I was watching I was listening to youtube music and I was on my couch mm. and when she said that thing the message landed like this I rushed from my couch and I went to my the toilet and and the money when I'm I'm nervous I drive not a car I drive I I mm. drive and that mm. I'd never seen such amount ever in my life and I was crawling on the floor and crawling on the floor and running towards the toilet and I went and they just unleashed all the anxiety on that on that um you know the toilet it was so full I couldn't flush the whole thing and I put the water and not eaten tried and the stench was so bad I air freshener nothing was working I went back on the on this on the couch just to imagine and I went back and I could not sleep and and um and I wrote this letter where do broken hearts go so I said dear It's 8 minutes past 2 a.m. and sleep has refused to visit my eyeballs. Thoughts about you are running through my mind as fast as Usain Bolt, but the only problem is that they seem not to have any finish line in, the, in sight. I couldn't go to bed because when my mind becomes active, that bed turns into a nightmare zone. So I decided to stay on my couch and draw words from the drying well of my heart. And now a word from our sponsors. Next week on Living Truthfully. Here is a snippet of our conversation for a guy you'll meet next week. Tell me what happened to Inform 2. Inform 2. Yes. I uh, We, we were having a sounds conference and there was this chick that I tried to to seduce and mm-hmm. we were getting close mm-hmm. so when I declared my interest she told me that she can't date shorter guys what has that done to you it completely killed my interest in in ladies ever since that day I've never tried even talking to a lady in in lines of of relationship just treat them as my casual friend because I I I think I I always have a mentality that ladies need to, to, to taller guy and also all my friends have, have been seeing there's a taller guy and a shorter lady I rarely see sh- shorter guys with t- t- taller ladies so I I guess she was right Are you intelligent I don't know when 
when you have something new i can see you but i can't see myself so i don't know i don't know i think you're intelligent you're a masters in criminology ah uh, sure you are well you're a thinker you have interest in social justice inside you're a tall man do you see yourself like that yeah but but generally you, you comment on what you see basically it needs somebody to to dig deep into your into your life and realize what you are worth but sometimes people don't get that opportunity to be interested in someone and to actually dig deep so that's why we we say what we see generally you see he's a thinker he's an analyst you're tall inside women would be lucky to have you Do you think you're a, you can be a faithful man? I don't know, I don't know. Do you think you're a hard worker? I am. I, do you foresee success for yourself in future? Yeah, I'm, I'll be very successful, very successful, very influential. So you'll be tall inside. Sure. And now back to our story. And I wrote this letter where do broken hearts go. So I said, "Dear, it's 8 minutes past 2 a.m. and sleep has refused to visit my eyeballs. Thoughts about you are running through my mind as fast as Usain Bolt, but the only problem is that they seem not to have any finish line in sight. I can't go to bed." because when my mind becomes active that bed turns into a nightmare zone so i decided to stay on my couch and draw words from the drying well of my heart i write and i write and i write and i finished i finished this article that in the words of wasson loving you was like going to war i never came back the same loving you was like going to war i never come i never came back the same i didn't sleep the nightmares began that night Wow. and and this and the insomnia began there was the night i was flying to migori there was some research i'd done and so i was going to do presentations and i go to migori and on the flight i can't sleep my heart was so heavy i tried to listen um bolton's music i was listening to old school r&b and it soothed my heart it couldn't mm-hmm. soothe my heart was mm-hmm. hot mm-hmm. and burning in my chest and my head i had migraines that i never had ever in my life and my veins which is coming out and I go to Migori and I was sleeping and my heart was heavy. And I look for a church in Migori, um, somewhere in, in Kolnyatike in Migori County and I find churches have closed. And I go to a church and I find one church open and I go and I find a plastic chair and I sit down. I tell God, "Lord, my heart is in pain. Help me. I I can't even pray." And I fall asleep there. When I wake up, uh, there's just this anger and intensity and intensity. and i go to my room and i couldn't sleep and i go to the beach and i put my beach overlooking the very nice sunset in atiki so I, so there was this the ocean i mean the, the waves were coming and i tell god just like the waves are hitting the the beach take these waves and remove them from my heart and put them in this in this lake and you don't want to know that from that day um i never slept well ever until on the 18th of December when I went to the hospital and 
on the, that day I made a decision that people have been taking advantage of us for a very long time. My mom raised me to turn the other cheek. And so I used to tell her that maybe it's this act of turning the other cheek that my family has suffered a lot of injustice, you know. Mm. Our land has been stolen. People have come to our home and have disrespected us. And we always turn the other cheek. Why don't we ever believe in justice? Why don't we believe in revenge? Could it be that my mom was just helpless and so she said instead of instead of um of telling the children that there is justice in the world she said that let it go but how she's a christian so i said that maybe i need to test revenge to know how revenge plans so mm. that time i'd gotten some money from the ngos and so i was doing some activities at the university of nairobi campus so i had pretty much every every person who's important in the university will be have access mm. in my I have access in the media i had access to goons i had access to uh, the civil society world mm. so the the person of interest i i, I was I'd, i'd planned really to revenge and so i'd planned perfect execution plan it wasn't gonna be anything to harm anybody revenging on who though um that story had a person involved So um, the story she told you that sort of punched the last hole. Yes, that punched the last hole. Had somebody else involved. Yes, yes. Okay. That other person is a person now that you want to revenge on. Now that I will not say, but I wanted to revenge mm. anyway. And so I planned uh, an evil plan, Amani. Mm. Mm. I'm not I'd never revenged and I've not been an angry person, I've not been a violent person. I've not believed in in an eye for an eye, but I said perhaps I need to taste because mm. I am going to vie one day and become mm. a politician. Maybe I need to start tasting this revenge now. Mm. I'm too good. People tell me you're too good to be true. Your heart is pure. You're not going to win this thing. Mm. And so I plan and the execution plan was ready and everything was set and 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 so That's just the last week before um I executed that plan I I live um in Nuka Kenya that is um John Gidongo's NGO mm. I done some gig for them so I'd gone to chase the money it was on the 17th of December mm. and my heart tells me to pass by Nairobi Nairobi hospital their their doctors plaza and I go there to look for Sakatis I'd not slept I don't slept for two or three months well mm. so i had anxiety and fear i had all sorts of stuff i had nightmares violent nightmares the previous night i died like about three violent nightmares mm. people trying to chase me you know with swords drawn and and stuff and i'd wake up on my bed sweaty um and and and, and i didn't know what to do and so i go to see sakatis that close for business and then something tells me to go to upper hill medical center and i go just my intuition tells me and i go and it was about 4:30 p.m. i'm rushing because time is passed and i rush and i go and i see a psychiatrist on the third floor i rush into the third floor i find people lining up and i line up and i go in and as i meet dr frank jenga who tells me that um, there's something going on here with you but we can help you so tells me there's a place i'd like to take you um, you're going to rest we're going to take time out and rest and uh, we're going to find out what's up with your sleep because i can tell there's something that's causing your sleep but when mm. i find out something else mm. and that's how i get admitted to bustani um chiromulan medical center mm. and i go in and i didn't know it was a medical i didn't know it was a mental hospital and mm. so i go and my friend mushiri i tell him and he comes and picks me up and and tells me that if um if this place is going to help you you're going to find sleep and going to help you 
then go in mm-hmm. i go in and we drive and i see time written there visiting hours i say what the, what the hell i thought we just going to a place so he tells me to go begrudgingly i go get in and i check in and 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 the biggest healing of my life starts and i i start therapy and for the next six days when i'm there i talk about nothing else except that relationship i was in and my therapist tells me that udongo uh you are hurt and this thing is going to take a bit of time for you to heal and i want you to not do anything else but to focus on healing this wound this one wound you need to heal so flashback um the wound that happened on october when i received that message was not just the wound that was formed from that relationship mm. it stirred the trauma you know the things had gone through it's it, it was like you know the way you stir water mm. it stirred everything and it came to the fore and um, because i'd always had issues with sleep since i was young mm. um and i'd always uh, you know been very fast in my family i'd always been a, a different kind of kid you know mm. i didn't know why but then then at, at the hospital when they found out that i had adhd and then it made sense adhd is what made me one of the the disadvantages of ADHD is emotional control. Just say ADHD means cool. attention deficiency hyperactivity disorder. Mm-hmm. What it does is that it 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 kind of impairs executive functions. It's mm-hmm. the frontal part of the brain and and so it affects this I mean organization mm-hmm. um the ability to control your emotions. It affects, you know, hyperactivity sometimes attention and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what it does is this and it made sense the relationship I was in that ADHD because of lack of emotional control we fall in love and we fall deeply and we are lovers mm-hmm. but then it also means that if we love we love deeply and if we are hurt we are hurt deeply mm-hmm. and we remember mm-hmm. the pain because we have no we have no middle ground either mm-hmm. it's I'm in love or I'm not in love you know so every single pain every single frustration we went through was accumulating because I didn't know I had ADHD and that's why it's not about her that's why it's not about her and everything we went through um it was about leading me to that place where i discover myself and i discover that the fact that why i was different and why i always been like that so adhd has tons of advantages my doctor says that i have a ferrari engine brain with bicycle brakes you know mm-hmm. but it also means that i i don't know how to control my emotions when i'm in love so i f- falling too fast i i dived mm-hmm. like i told you in two weeks time we'd fall really fall in love mm-hmm. Maybe the red flags were there I didn't see them. All this time I didn't know that my indecisiveness was coming from the negative aspects of ADHD. Mm. But that the reason why I stayed for too long because I knew we were not good for one another. Mm. Not that she was a bad person or I was a bad person, but mm. we were just two people not cut out for one another. Yeah. We were two people who were not cut out for one another. She's perfect for somebody else, I'm perfect for somebody else, you know. And so after I leave the hospital I start my journey to recovery. Um Amani and I stop doing all the gigs. I take time out and I go to Diani and I go to Mombasa and I sit down with my mom and I sit with my dad and I go to Tanzania where my grandfather moved in 1958 in a bit to try to understand why I was the way I was. And I write and I write and the more I wrote the more I drained those thoughts. The more I drained those thoughts and that's where the light now came. I started finding light. Mm. at the and the end of the day before yes i was i i blamed her, i don't want to lie i blamed her mm. but then along the way i realized that it wasn't her mistake it wasn't her problem 
neither was it my problem we were just two people who did not know who we were and we if we knew our unresolved past and our unresolved trauma maybe we would have been a little bit more lenient on one another if we knew if she knew i had adhd i think things would have been different if mm-hmm. i knew you know the kind of background she was coming from and how that was affecting her would have been more lenient if we knew just the cognitive sense that your past affects your present your present um we would have been more careful and so i start this awareness journey and that's when i learned to let go and i write to her by the road the final letter i wrote on the 24th on the 22nd of december in my hostel bed has she seen these letters i sent her the letter i sent mm. her the this letter i sent it to her mm. she responded mm. and then i sent her the last one so when i wrote the first letter i wrote mm. where do broken hearts go mm. the last letter broken hearts do heal that's what i wrote on the 22nd mm. of december and i mm. sent it to her and i told her that what we went through was difficult and i'd never wish it on anybody not on my worst enemy to be in a place of conflict for three years to be in a place of misunderstanding and hurtful words were spoken and mm. confusion and pain for three years is not good for you it's not good for me but because that is in the past i will focus on what i learned and i pray that you fall in love and and, and you find a perfect man and and i pray that god heals you and i pray that god heals me too and i pray that we don't waste the pain and i pray that from that pain we become better people that the next person who comes will not have to go through the same shit you went through from that pain you've written a book yes um for that me about talk me about, about the book so the book was just catharsis me trying to heal mm. so i just was writing randomly i was thinking about the things i went through major milestones in my life mm. my brother's death in 2010 you know me graduating from desta from a very difficult background mm. um you know my mom and my dad how they were relating you know um and just pretty much alcoholism my my first born brother struggling with alcohol and and my relationship and all those stories so it was just me trying to it was just me trying to heal and i discovered when i was had finished writing that was in the month of april i had done 80 86000 words that's wow. about that's about if a 4 1.5 spaced times new roman it's a, a book 400 page book Wow. And so I decided that um, I'm going to publish the book. Mm. Not to shame anybody, not mm. to not to because I my main aim now is not to shame anybody, is not to um say this person did this to me because forgiveness as I've come to learn um Amani forgiveness is what sets people free. Mm. People who are able to forgive are not small people, they are big people. And when I was in the hospital God opened up my eyes to the reality of how broken our country is and how broken the world is and how we're going to fix it we're not going to fix the world by changing the constitution or by screaming global warming those are good causes and i love those causes mm. but we're going to change our world when individuals heal a, a healed amani will heal his home mm. his healed home will heal his community mm. his healed community will heal his region his healed region will heal the country That is something I completely agree with and yes. and, and it's a it's a doctrine <laughs> I guess in a sense yeah. that I that I preach. Yeah. And and so I want to and sort of pick up some of the things you've said because as we as we wind up this conversation for me I want to you know find a, a conclusion that works for us. Yeah. You've gone through this heartbreak. 
they've gone through this pain that you say both of you inflicted on each other. Yes. Um, but the f- pain inflicted on you sends you into a spiral. Yes. Sends you into uh, into depre- I don't depression. Know, into yeah. depression. Yes, into yes. Uh, mental illness, so mm. to speak. Mm. You get help. You get therapy. You come out and you start to own your choices in this mm. process as well. And, and and I love that about you. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about where you are today? Um, if I knew that the, the journey, the difficult journey I went through, both at my workplace, in my relationship, and the 2017 election, mm. but I was diagnosed with depression, PTSD, and ADHD. Wow. Um, if I knew that they were going to lead me to this place, I have said these people don't understand. I'd go through it again. Because one, I was undecided. You would go through, I would go through all that. You would go that. through all that again yes. to get to the place of healing you've gotten now. To get to the place of healing and awareness I'm in. Mm. Um, that makes sense to me. I was an irresponsible man. Even though I was responsible with mm. my finances and my money, mm. I don't think I was a responsible man emotionally to the women I dated. I wasn't a good man. I had many of them. Mm. In fact, I just say that my ex-relationship was just the one tackle I got. Mm. But I gave many tackles and injuries in the mm. past. Mm. I left them high and dry. I never committed on time. So I was a bastard. That's a, a bastard is not a good word because a child born out of wedlock. But I was not a good person, mm. if, you, if you say that. Secondly, I flirted with women. Mm. I, I I cheated emotionally. Mm. And I want to confess that. And I'm not confessing that to say who I am. I'm, I'm an angel, no. Mm. Because of, of the conflicts we had you know, in my relationship, mm. I found solace in chatting with other women. At the time you were in. At the time I was in. And it hurt my ex. Mm. And that's something that I can never take back away from her. Mm. I did not know how to say things that hurt me. So I accumulated conflict and pain in my heart. Mm. And that is what led us to where we were. Her, she was a person who resolved issues. Me, on the other hand, I kept quiet. Mm. But if it's not for anything, but where I am right now, I am so clear because I feel like God used that relationship to fix my life for good, to fix my career, to fix my purpose, to fix my mind, to fix where I'm going because it's in that place that I wrote my three-year plan. Right now, I know exactly where I want to be. I know exactly how I'm going to be there. I know exactly what I need to do. Amani, I am so specific now that even this podcast I'm in is achieving one specific goal. Mm. I wasn't like that before. I'm so intentional. Mm. I've gotten to know my value and my worth. Mm. Right now, it doesn't matter how much money you pay me. I only take gigs and, and jobs that are in line with the vision of where I'm going. Mm. I wasn't like that before. I'm a person who could give up. Beyond that, it taught me the kind of brain I have. Um, Amani, and this may sound like a brag, but I didn't know I had a good brain. Mm. I, okay, people told me I had a good brain, even from as little as when I was young, mm. my family told me I was bright and I knew and I brought the best grades in our home mm. and I was fast. I, they wanted to skip me in primary school. They would parade me in primary school and mm. tell me how I'll lift the name of that school. Mm. But that did not sink mm. until I went through the, the mental health breakdown I went through. Mm. And I saw myself in light. I'd never seen myself. And I saw how I was selling myself short. Mm. And because of that, I am... I am a better man. Because of that, I have made specific choices to fix my finances, to own up and to be responsible and to 
now not just engage in human heart unless I'm, I'm I'm very intentional on that it's revive my faith I'm more closer to God right now I I I now take time out to go and seek the face of God I'm just from Dar es Salaam I was there for two weeks not to do anything but to pray amani so my work now moving forward is is not to whine or talk about what happened or in the past that story I tell it so that I don't blame anybody so that I don't say that it was her mistake or my mistake no but it is to tell people that even the biggest trouble you are in right now there's a way out but that way out <sighs> do it early before it becomes too late and i tell men that you too can get hurt you too can get hurt with those words you too can get hurt in that relationship you too do get hurt and don't just stomach but, that thing don't that, don't that, that's exactly why i'm doing this don't, series don't 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 yeah. because the day Amani when I was in the hospital bed and I was sleeping there it did not matter whether I was a political analyst people knew it did not matter whether I had just run on the biggest advocacy campaigns under Kenya Tutakayo movement in this country it did not matter whether I was a renowned writer it did not matter whether I had dreams of becoming an MP or a leader or I love my country it did not matter all it mattered at that point was for me to get well and Amani a mental health breakdown is horrible I know because I could not trust my mind waking up every morning and crying and hoping that I'll be okay for my mom to come to Nairobi and to say I want to stay with you and for me to be a person who depends on people some of them really bail out on me and it taught me the value of friendship the genuine friends who are there for me are very few I've gone through it I, I and I, I, and 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 I know exactly very few sorry I dropped your book here no, okay. I know exactly what you're what you're going through yeah. what you went through yeah. but what what I'm what I'm happy about mm. is the story of redemption yeah. and you know for me that's that's the that's the key thing the key thing is that you know the clarity that you talk about now and what what it's been able to help you achieve and I want to plug in your book now yeah. you have this book unbreakable yeah Would you tell these stories? Yes. Where can I find it? The easiest way. Okay. Reach out to me on all my social media platforms, Danish Odongo, whether it's on Twitter, on Instagram, so on Facebook. At Danish Odongo. Yeah, Danish is double N. Danish is double N. Yes. D A double N I S H Odongo. Yes. Uh I'll on deliver any the social media platforms. Yes. yes. And even my number is 0720. Okay. 348865 mm-hmm. Okay. Buy this book. Call me to your organization to speak to your staff about mental health. Um if you want to organize um an unbreakable uh, event in your mm-hmm. community in mm-hmm. your town, mm-hmm. organize let's talk about what it is that is unbreakable about you. Tell us what's up and what's going on. And let's make mental health sexy again. Hey, let's make mental health te- sexy tena. Yeah. <laughs> unbreakable a story of resilience. and finding beauty in depression. Danish, thank you for coming to tell your story. Santi sana. Thank I'm, you for hosting me. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you came to tell your story. Yeah. And I'm glad we've started with you. Yeah. Because you know, one of the things that's big about how we get hurt as men by women is heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think people realize how deep heartbreak can be yeah. and what your story is it's, yeah. it's a story of that that actually paints a picture mm-hmm. of how heartbreak can yeah. be and uh, I, i i feel you more than you think i do 
<laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Danish Odongo. Find his book. Add Danish Odongo on any social media platform. Mm-hmm. Hit him up and buy his book. Now, this is going to be an interesting series. And I want to say this again. We're not here to bash women. But we want to tell the stories of how we get hurt by those that we love or those that should love us. Yeah. Um, and I hope it starts your journey for healing as well. Please reach out to me and you know tell me if you have your own story. I'd like to bring you in and have the conversation or, or even just read out an email. So amanimaranga at gmail.com and Amani Maranga on all social media platforms and then we'll, we'll, we'll get this conversation going now. But Amani, let yes. me just say this. Yes. That I think the story is, in, if you ask me, this series yes. is about completing the narrative. Okay. The narrative is that women get hurt. Yes. But the complete narrative is that men get hurt too. This is Living Truthfully. <laughs>